December 31st, 2008, is the Watt from Pedro show. Thank you. 
from Pedro's show. Uh, we uh, started off with uh, John Coltrane doing number one. Then we heard Feedbacker Part 2 by Boris. I got to see Boris. It was in a place called Unit, and uh, it was so packed with people, I had to watch them on television <laughs> inside the pad. Nice. Yeah, it was kind of bunk. I mean, Boris is banned. you got to take front on. Still in love with this town, 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 still
This was written in uh, 1968 when many major cities were rioting. 
And uh, we were talking about it at, at dinner, so I thought I would go back in time a little bit, or a whole lot, depending on how old you are. In Paris, the black and red flags fly from the Sorbonne. In Paris, workers and students unite. And I look for a precedent of world revolution. Find out communists are bourgeois pigs. General de Gaulle tells the people that the shit in the beds would get them. He cut out and left them in a political vacuum until they burned their own cars and cried for a leader. His experience in southern CRS superior to the slingshots of cerebral students. Charges began at 2 a.m., the delicate shops intact. By noon, the stones are in place in the street. The cars hauled off. If you want to miss the revolution, go to bed early and wake up at noon. Gas in the air, the Frenchman has his lunch. Outside the coupole, the sweet bums are kissing a la Jeunet. The active ones, anyway, not those grown formless, huddled against the wall, skin draped as if pinched from a rotten soft peach. And in the coupole, the very rich and the very young and the very beautiful boys and girls caught slumming all night, talking about how they wrecked their cars and how many speeding tickets they have, and properly surrounded by their entourage, they buy the stage and leave. A newspaper reads, Bye Bye Bobby, and all about gun-crazed America. Late that night, the cafe is cleared with police and tear gas outside. Stranded with a journalist, I take a napkin, wrap it around my face, and camp. Can you imagine an American in this situation without a gun? And then, one evening before the delicate French moon trailed above the balconies of filigree, dripping pools of silver and sky through the black shadowed trees where Pam walked on bricks of childhood streets. The next day, we lit a candle for Kennedy in Notre Dame in front of a statue with a serpent at its feet.
Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, that was Black Cat Bone by Mr. Airplane Man. And before that, we had Good Luck from Many Birthdays. Paris, before that, by Charles Plymel. Uh, good luck to Charlie. He's got to go and have some surgery. Mm. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, good luck. Uh, before that, we had Fester somebody from Virginia, with Mulberry. King's Lower Town before that was still in love with this old town. And we started off with uh, Duke Mo Fez from Italy and Peace of Mind. Uh, maybe some of that uh, discussion to start off the show wasn't the most uh, together for me. It's very, uh... It was entertaining. You think it was entertaining? <laughs> to an extent. Okay, uh... Kind of entertaining. But, uh, maybe not... Too enlightening. Well, I guess... It was not your best work, Enlightening, sir. uh... <laughs> <laughs> enlightening... Actually, I was trying to talk about the trip, right? So that was a little different. And then, of course, the uh, hunt for a revealing recollection from you of your past. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. I don't know what, what to well, think I, about I, it anymore. I, I used to think, I keep interrupting her. So let's just let her talk. Yeah, no, I think I don't do well when I'm not interrupted. <laughs> I, I get lost. You get lost in your own story? In, well, in my I, non-story. I get, I get lost in my, in my stories many a times. It's not fun having conversation one-sided. Oh, yeah, <laughs> speeches, monologues. Yeah, not when I'm not prepared. Uh, I think I just I had given up on trying to speak of my trip so yeah let's I know it was pretty let's hear about Miss Peek's childhood
It was intense. It was the third time this year for me. And uh, it was just great to bring Nels. When was the first time you went to Japan? In 2000. Okay. Jay Maskus in the fall. And you've been going every year, right? No. There was a big gap. I didn't go again until the Stooges. And that was? 2004. Okay. When that Telluric Current thing was recorded at Shibuya Axe. Mm-hmm. But I was unaware, really, of a music scene that I could relate and play with. It was more like, I've come with this band, big band, to play the big pad. Sure. Much different. I have a pretty, uh, I have I the have imp- impression that it's pretty open to different things, right? It's, it's always started with a small group of people yeah. there. It's and, and they're many little scenes, I think. Yeah, and they work hard to get things going for their scenes, right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you have to... It's like Manhattan mm-hmm. times... You know how it's... hundred. Yeah, uh, it's hard to get things happening there. Oh, really? You know, I mean, there's enough people and energies and ideas, but the, the way things are, they're really... Uh, cramped and tight. Uh, seems people spend a lot of their time just. Have, well, they have to to be living. It's not such a. Uh, have a garage and. Yeah. After, and fixing cars. After school and just something you do. You know how urban, <clears throat> urban life is. Mm-hmm. And so. Well. Uh, yeah. I think, um, I don't know, that, that those kind of pressures put on a certain thing that uh, represents the citizen in the art. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, what most people probably think is that, that they're into imitating. And uh, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like Europe was too with the old... Uh, rock and roll uh, they hadn't really come up with their own yet I guess although in England they did in fact they had to teach it back to US people yeah, I mean it's, it's just strange I think it's all interpretive interpretive yeah and and so uh, try, and try not to judge too hard on yeah. any kind of deal and just uh, <clears throat> learn the most you can out of the situation I was, I was just really glad to bring Nels because he's not only him looking forward to it so much and always wanting to go play there, but people there wanting to see him and play with him. So Mr. Shimmy, mm-hmm. it was a great thing. And I have no doubt he's quite influential, you know. I'm sure that there'll be more of it. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about next year. Yeah? Yeah. When? Like December? Probably around the same time. I told him to start making a window now. Yeah. But uh, it's the end of the first hour. Watt from Pedro Show, uh, December 31st, 2008, last day of the year. Hold tight for hour two. December 31st, 2008, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. And here's something brand new from Nell's truly solo album. Yeah. Coward. 
Подержали. Started off the third hour with something new from Mr. Nels Klein. Yeah. And only Mr. Nels Klein. This is a solo record. Mm-hmm. I was there when he Yeah, now what do you know about this that I don't? Um, uh, it was recorded in Echo Park. <laughs> Studio Catasonic. Um, I was there a couple of nights that he was recording. And he practically brought everything he owns into the studio. So you can have a free range and, and whatever comes up. But um, do you discuss this record with you? Um, Before? Not, not in the, you know, technical. No, he's in ten. Um, yeah, he he, t- he tried to try to tell me what what the what it, you know what some parts of it means, and I kind of get struggled with I I struggled with the whole. I think it's westernized um, myth, myth or Greek Greek mythology and stuff stuff around it, and I don't really know anything about it, so um, so I, I might have not retain information. <laughs> well, the Onan shit goes back to Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian. Yeah, but it sounds. Do you know about the myth of Onan? No. Or some people would not say myth. No. Onan spilled the seed. Which, what? Uh, you don't know. No. Onan <laughs> spilled the seed. Spilled the seed. <laughs> Explain. Yeah, well, because it's... you got to have babies. You don't spill the seed. Spill the seeds? 
Okay. <laughs> the yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah he explained a little bit about that. So in these modern days, <laughs> an onanist, when you call somebody onanist, mm. it means masturbator. Right. Kind of. <laughs> kind of slightly. Barely. <laughs> and uh, there's a suite called the Onan Suite. Mm. Do you discuss this with you? Um, it's not really Greek mythology. Um, it's before that. Go ahead and tell me. No, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned. But, um, but no, I was, uh, I was pretty mesmerized by by uh, by the whole concept and, and was listening. I, I, I just I just love going to a recording studio and hear the playbacks and you know all the ideas coming together and trying to get it right. So yeah. Now you've been to other Nails Climb recordings before. Um a couple. How is this different? Uh other than him being by himself <laughs> Um, I don't know. Nelson's pretty calm. You know, he he doesn't freak out. He doesn't. In the other recordings, he was freaking out. Well, I mean, if you have a lot more people, like in January, he had he had like a dozen people he was dealing with. Then he was a little bit more um, organized and and. Russia. Yeah, the Russia, the Dirty Baby project, uh, which is releasing in September. This, uh, this coming you wrote year. many pieces for many people. Thirty-nine pieces. Uh, it, yeah, that that was one of the most amazing uh, sessions I've seen. And this uh, coward, did he speak to you of calling a coward? Yeah, I mean, he told me uh, in advance about this whole like, concept of coward. You know how how he. I think. You want to share? Um, I'm a little bit buzzed right now. <laughs> I don't remember. No, I think... I you want think, the beam? <laughs> the beam. No, Let's do your Z. <laughs> then it would be all over. Um, no, um, I, I remember... It might have been at the Rusha's um, recording that... He brainstormed he, he it? He was brainstorming the idea of something and then somebody... Some, some somehow I think it was I think I overheard him say you know I always wanted to make a solo solo album called Coward because you know it's, it's kind of come up in the conversation and and, and the, yeah there it is so, so uh, I'm, I, I don't want to do this but I infer <laughs> a coward mm-hmm not being able to do it by yourself. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's cute that his in uh, his liner notes say something about like why coward? Let me count. Let me count the ways. <laughs> and uh, I mean, from from little I know um, about the concept, it might be. You know, I don't want to speak for him. You know, like it is you don't just, have just, to. just, just my my impression. Maybe it's like. Um, oh, I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> I guess uh, by by him, you know, I don't know. Is it 
Oh, it's gonna it's gonna bite me back. But um, is is he hiding? Coward is more like hiding, right? Yeah. And coward hides. And a lot of music and a lot of uh, improvisation that he does. Maybe it's just a part of like um, of padding his his surrounding and his not fighting coward, but giving in. Just just stating stating the fact that what his world may be is and, and, and he puts out a lot of music, you know, so much music every year. Yeah. Right? And I, And this music is a it's sort of a monument to cowardice? Yeah. I I, I might say so, yeah. <laughs> you don't think this record might have been a struggle against? No. No. Giving in? It not neither. It just just the way it is, you know, just stating the fact. <laughs> One yeah. Progress report. Yeah, progress report. I think. <laughs> but, you know, of course, you know, people always tell me it's something else entirely. Yeah, but look, I ain't asking you to speak for anyone but you. Okay. Sounds cool. And a lot of time I make stuff up in my head. Yeah, so. sounds cool. <laughs> so I apologize. That's cool. But you were there at the recordings and you did have them speak to you. Yeah. So. But, yeah. Maybe you carry a little more weight than some cat I just bumped in new <laughs> down by the mayor's yeah. office. <laughs> Where were you by the doing Hollywood there? side. Are we by the Hollywood side? Oh right, for the fashion show. Isn't the Hollywood <laughs> sign around here? Yeah, like you can't see it from here. Yeah. But yeah, it's not far. Seven miles, I think. Seven miles? To Hollywood. That's closer than Pedro to Matsua. What's Matsua? Matsua is a chap. The store I can buy chow at. Oh. <laughs> it's in Carson. Uh, uh. No, that. The Japanese stuff is evil. I'm interested in Coward. Mm-hmm. Now, it's what happened was, when I made that album in April with him, yeah, Black Gang oh, album. Black Gang, yeah. Wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, you were there some. Awesome. Yeah. Three times? Right. But... He spoke about mm-hmm. Onan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in reference to a solo yeah, record. Of course. Because he asked me about the words, and I told him that... I thought my words for that album... That, that album for me is about autumn. Yeah. And I thought I was playing the part of the evasive Onanist. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, I think me and... Mr. Nell's share on some level. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, I'm way too weird for him. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure. But you know, it's never stopped him from being very generous with me. Mm. No. Well, he's like that. Yeah. He's very generous to Beautiful. me all the time. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then you know, I always tell him like, "Oh yeah, I went to um, I went on Watts Radio Show again." And you, do you do you realize that we always talk about you, right? <laughs> and of course, he's always say, "Oh God." <laughs> what like? Um, it's like, oh, why are you talking about me? Middle ground. Yeah. Okay, after uh, Nels's. Thurston County, mm-hmm. from his new album, mm-hmm. we played something you asked for from the Charlie Hunter trio, yeah. San Francisco band. 
No. Called Sound for Frankfurt. They're from the East Coast. Charlie Hunter? Yeah, he lives out there now. He oh, moved? A long time ago. Fuck. With family and everything. <laughs> I, uh, Brooklyn? Uh, I think he lives like upstate New I don't know. It's New York-ish over there. I didn't know that. Well, he was in San Francisco for a long well, time. Well, he grew up over there. Yeah. But. Wow, excuse me, Mr. Charlie. <laughs> but I fucked up. Okay, you're, you're, you're right coast. Well, uh, I chose welcome Sorry. to Frankfurt. Uh, because right. I'm trying to... Yeah, you should go more east to Frankfurt. I'm, I'm trying you to... You know, no, 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 I, I, I have to tell you that I'm just trying to pull some kind of German, Germany mojo. Yeah, but I've got some experience with Frankfurt that you probably don't know of. I don't, but I... Yeah, I don't know. In the old days, when you played Frankfurt, Frankfurt was the headquarters. And then this is when there was Soviet Union. Mm. So this is before West Germany was just hospital for Middle East. Iraq Afghanistan there was a lot of soldier mm-hmm. and Frankfurt was the town so you play there a lot of soldiers well there's big rule against fraternizing now officers don't mix with enlisted men but believe it or not there was punk rock mm-hmm. officers and there was punk rock enlisted men they wanted to go to the gig Mix. <laughs> First thing when you meet a soldier, a U.S. soldier in Europe, was they'd say to you, two days, four weeks, three months." <laughs> they'd always tell you I'm sure. when they were getting out. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't wait. Yeah. They couldn't wait. And there was a club there by the train station called the Bochkov. Mm. Now, also in Frankfurt, on the German side of it, mm-hmm. in the middle of town, there's huge sculpture of rot- uh, Euro. What did I say? Rope? No, it's <laughs> a Euro. <laughs> oh. Maybe a rotate. <laughs> I can't remember. But it's a big Euro. Because Frankfurt is their... Uh, Stock exchange. Uh, oh, it's the it? bank town. Is it? Yeah. So when you said that title to me, I thought first time I played there was an '83 black flag. I played there many times. Mm-hmm. I thought of the soldiers, and I thought of the monies. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's a big hub for Lufthansa. So, <laughs> but actually, happened in town. Great people. Yeah. Some great artists there. Yeah, yeah. I think there's... All that people on the West... Well, all through Germany, there's good folks. Yeah. But that West thing there, they're all kind of hooked up with Cologne yeah. and Dusseldorf and... It yeah. feels like they're pretty open to art and music there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big time. They got some pigs. Mm-hmm. We, I was driving between Stuttgart and Frankfurt in, the, in a Mercedes, the plain clothes guys. Mm-hmm. When we're in a Dutch van, it like says Otto Bohor, and like Bohor is, you know, it's Dutch, but the, the, I mean, don't tell a Dutchman this, but it's kind of a little close to German. Bohor is <laughs> kind of a slang for a prostitute. Okay. You got this painted on your boat. And of course, you're Holland, so you must have all the drogas. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers pulled us over and searched everything. And, mm-hmm. 
Of course, nothing. I don't bring. Went through Tom's. Uh, what do you have? Some kind of capsule of. Uh, oh no. <laughs> wheatgrass or something. <laughs> okay. But they found nothing because we didn't have anything. Of course not. Yeah. They go to us. We can bring the dogs. I said okay. No. Well, your van, you know, Dutch. Where's the drogas? <laughs> no. <laughs> so what? You know, <laughs> EU <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> no, they look country to country. Yeah. Cops are kind of a kindred spirit. Mm. Some cold ones, but. A lot of cats with. Anyway, all our stuff out at the rest area. Mm-hmm. We just drove off. No dust tube near light or, you know, sorry or anything. Yeah. Just an undercover Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> but man, had a great gig in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Stuttgart. Stuttgart was a Norma Dome with chili peppers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Worked the room. Yeah. So, Charlie... So, that was a couple years ago. He probably works over there. Mm-hmm. Well, you folks who don't know, Charlie Hunter's incredible guitarist who plays an unorthodox guitar, the top strings, a couple of them are bass strings. Yeah. Um, Seven string guitars. Yeah. I played a gig with him once. Some he gave ago. me these fucking. Yeah, I was in Florida and he did James Brown songs. Yeah. Yeah, do you know this? Yeah. Yeah. He's into that, you know. I think they were wearing fezzes and things. Yeah. I think he had brain on drums. Uh-huh. At the time. Brain. Oh, Blake. Brain. Brain. Prodcat. No, no. Yeah. He's played with less. He played in Guns N' Roses. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the San Francisco scene too much. Mm-hmm. But maybe Charlie don't either. Oh, now. Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of Brooklyn. Yeah. That's why I want to record my next uh, Missing Man album. Yeah, I remember you talking and about I've been doing a lot of games with uh, yeah, Autumn, right? Second Man. No, wait. No, Autumn was uh, with Nels and Bob Lee. I can't keep up with you. My Shubun no he. First day of Autumn. Okay. With Ravel and Tom, I miss you, man. I want to make my third opera. My, I wrote my third opera about... Well, it's two things, really. You might find these different. You might not even understand them. You don't know how wide your thing is, but you know Wizard of Oz? Yeah, I never watched it entirely. You know Hieronymus Bosch? No. Dutch painter? No. Like the Garden of Earthly Delights and this kind of thing? Um, guy who lived about 500 years ago. Okay. Very strange paintings. A lot of creatures, so I made... I found out that these creatures were actually visual... Well, a guess at it. Might be They, they might be visualizations of proverbs and mm-hmm. aphorisms. Mm-hmm. But I don't know 500-year Dutch. 
So I made up my own. <laughs> Another part of it is about this Wizard of Oz thing, because I figured out that maybe Bomb was writing about a coming-of-age story for a woman. Because those, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the and the Lion, they're actually the farmhands. Oh, you see them at the beginning of the movie, they're the farmhands. Okay. So she's growing up and she's looking at dudes and how they have to go through these trips to prove they're, say, think they're man. Mm-hmm. And of course, for women, there's two choices, right? You're either the good witch or you're the bad witch. But the men have, you know, if I only had a brain, you know, and, you know, okay. I, give me a badge, I'll be a hero. Give me a clock, I'll have a heart. Mm. It's kind of weird shit. But just her tripping on this. I was not having any judgments. It was just her tripping on this. You know? Well, she just wants to click the ruby slippers and there's no place like home, right, Kansas and the same Kansas. Actually, but see, that's what, it wasn't written by a woman. It was written by a man, so. So it's man's interpretation of what a woman goes to. Maybe. I don't know. This is another man's interpretation of another man. <laughs> Maybe we should have asked Teddy Warhol. I was just interested in doing it, and it fucking seemed to jive with this Bosch thing because it was a trip on that side. Because mm-hmm. all the songs are some kind of man. All them creatures, they're out amalgamations of organic and mechanical parts. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're man, a lot of them. The ones I used in my opera. It's a weird opera, too. It's my third one. There's no beginning, no middle, and no end. It's a much different opera. And the little songs, which is why I picked Raoul and Tom. Miss me. Now, what I want to do is a tour, and halfway through the tour, stop in. Maybe you want to come out there to Brooklyn. Because to, Tony totally Mamoni. Maybe, or. or I have to. I got to get this straight with the uh, straight with Ig, because right now it seems Stooges gig's going to start in July. But if I do half the tour with Tom and Raul and then record, what better prac to get the fucking? It ain't like Nels where you can fly these motherfuckers in and then you record them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, and I mean, not them, my, myself included. So we get some brack on it. But uh, all these creatures are some kind of man. There's 30 tunes. That's the other thing about it. I kind of circle back on my uh, youth. When I was first writing songs with Dee Boone, and we made little songs. Yeah. So that's the thing about the third opera. It harkens back... And the whole idea of the old Minuteman was not little songs, just little parts of one big song. Mm. So in a way, I might have been into doing opera set and didn't even know it. I don't know. I think you know so much in your 20s. (laughs) And I think in your 50s, 
you know so little. <laughs> it's okay. I think it's okay. It's what it's about. Yeah. And we're talking off air about what kind of might matter when you're gone. Mm, yeah. And I was thinking, works. Yeah. And I got out of balance the last 10 years and did too many gigs. You think? So now I'm making works. So you think that that's a difference? Gigs are good. Between living it, you know, doing... Gigs you do for people. And, and being there. You're in the moment with people. Yeah. And that's very important. So you, you, so you now think recording is more important? Or it is? No, no. Inhale, exhale. Some yin-yang balance. Mm-hmm. Can't be all gigs. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in my case, I've been kicking. <laughs> I've just been shooting the hell out of everything. Yeah. So, and we were now talking, it's time for works. When we're talking off air, I just told you that I developed like a hundred rolls of film, so which means thousands of pictures. Of, That's buku. Of this whole year alone. That um, huh. I was so, it was just such a weird feeling to look back on this year, just in the past couple of weeks, through these pictures I've taken, and it's mostly of you know, I you know there's some from the Warp Tour I went with you and pelicans, a lot of bands. Sea lions. <laughs> no, that's yours. <laughs> that's definitely your territory. <laughs> raccoons. <laughs> Especially raccoons. <laughs> but <laughs> some of those guys are raccoon like. Um <laughs> But yeah. They so wash your child. Sorry. <laughs> um no, but no no no. I know what you're saying. But yeah, I'm 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 in the middle of putting this thing together so I can put my whole year together and so everybody can see it already that what I've done and what I saw yeah but has mortality said on you yeah oh yeah that sounds all the time what's to be left well that that's the whole idea too. what's to be done to make well, sure something is left well the thing is like it, I shot this in su- such a particular way that I have my own idea of how to proceed with it and well, of course and I felt like there are times when I, I, that I could have just died and nobody would know what these are and what, you know, what what is up with all this. So that's kind of a weird sense of urgency that I, it hit me, uh, sort of this past few months that I need to get it. Yeah, but uh, what about mystery? Mystery? Is there a cachet? I'm sorry. Um, a hidden value. Hidden value of something that is unknown. Yeah, um, these works. Yeah. What could they mean? Um, then the observers feed in all their ideas. And I'm sorry, I'm too control freak. Yeah, to good. Negative, yeah. And, and it's, it's Thomas Jefferson uh, wrote his own thing in the stone, the headstone. Mm. What's it called? Epitaph. Epitaph. And what do you say? Oh, the author of the uh, Religious Freedom, Act of Religious Freedom and uh, Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. 
He put on an obelisk. It wasn't on a cross. <laughs> Something from old Egypt. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, something like accomplishments. You never been in Monticello? No. It's in Virginia. Mm-mm. That's where he lived, and they, they got a school there called University of Virginia. You lived there when you were like six years old. No, I lived in the boat part. <laughs> no, no. When was that? That's Charlottesville. I didn't think you left Freedom since you moved there. I lived in Norfolk. I was born in Portsmouth. It was very far from where that school is. Well, not that far. Closer than Pedro. <laughs> Still in Virginia, but like in the middle where there's no sea. I live by the sea. I live by the biggest, in the biggest Navy base in the world. Yeah. Yeah, my thoughts of it as a boy was all gray. All the boats were so great. <laughs> Everything yeah. was so great. Still, it doesn't get old. Did it get old? Yeah. <laughs> Might have. I don't know. I was, no, <laughs> you refused. I was a boy. And yeah. I was just saying, like, now that you're older, it's any When I see gray boats, yeah. I think of my pop. I think my pop weighed down in them. Mm. Because he works in, in the there, engine right? room. Yeah, he works there, right? It's very deep in there. Yeah, I don't have romantic notion about Navy. <laughs> but, uh... You sure are knowledgeable about it. Well, my pop. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. <laughs> what do you think he talked about? I don't know. You Philosophies. Know, he was 17 when he joined Dante. the Navy. The Navy was his whole world. No, he didn't know much about that. <laughs> That's he knew all about you. the Navy. But the Navy took him around the world. I got to learn about the world through yeah. him. But I learned a lot of Navy. Oh, well, he's gone like for a period of time, maybe so often. He toured. Hmm. Went to That's war. Yeah. On a ship. Right? In an engine room. Wow. He pushed the. He helped push a boat around. He never saw where it was going. Okay, they don't until tell it him. pulled up. Huh? They don't tell him? He's too deep down. He's below the water. It's big. Is that big? Yeah, they're yeah, big. The Enterprise, I think, had 5,600 men. Oh. That's big. I think that's, that's what weirded him out about chow. He'd have to chow with all these cats. So when he chowed with me, it was like... My mom had a very relaxed Italian way. Take a long, not my pop. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well. I think the Navy, a big part, is a child. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, you, you've never read The Sand Pebbles. No. You've never seen the no, movie. You, you told me about it. Yeah. That's Keep banging on this. <laughs> it, yeah, it's hard to explain this shit. Because, uh, I'm a bass player. I think I share some things a little bit in a parallel universe sort of a way. But I did grow up with them. This is a man who told me never to join the Navy. I think the Navy bummed him out. But it was also his way of seeing the world. So there was a duality. 
And of course, all I heard from him was that. So, and his men loved him. He's a chief, not an officer, but he had a gang of men. Mm. Yeah, it's a trip. And like in the army, you call a sergeant. So, he retired to Fresno where there's no ocean. Yeah, I lived there. Yeah. Well, it tells you about the Navy. <laughs> That's why that book, you know, that book, The Sam Pebbles, was written by a Navy man. Mm-hmm. Many years in the engine room. Wow. Engine room's trip. You're way down. Very, very sweaty. It's scary. But they need you. So you do it. Mm. You did it. I started sending him postcards on tour because he didn't have music people in his family. He didn't understand. He thought music was the way I was with D. Boone. So it was very hard for him to understand when D. Boone got killed while I was still doing this. Right. So I started sending him postcards from tour. And one day he says yeah. to me, I go up to Fresno visit him. Like a, he says, you're like a sailor. Yeah. <laughs> You're sailing in your... And I never boat. thought that. I never thought that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's where I got the idea for the engine room. And I got... Now, me and Dee Boone's favorite movie as boys was The Sand Pebbles. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't tell what was going on. It was complicated. I think we just like uh, Steve McQueen in a sailor suit or something. I don't know why we liked it a lot but I found the book I was on tour with Porno for the Pyros and I read it and it would trip me out it was like from my pop growing up and hearing him it, I could tell this cat was an enlisted man mm-hmm. in the name this wasn't just some writer who visited a boat for a week mm-hmm. I could tell that really struck a chord in me and it turned out this guy Richard McKenna was the only book he ever wrote. Wow. Yeah, he was this guy, I think 23 years in the Navy or something. And, oh, you want to be a writer? You read a lot of Hemingway. You read a lot of Faulkner. Sure. You read some stuff back. Yeah, and just self-educated himself and <laughs> wrote this fucking trip. Hmm. Which is China in the 20s and some riverboat that the Navy got from Spain in a war. And how it's fucked up because they had a lot of corruption and coolies running all the hard work and then the revolution comes. They're gone. What, what do these sailors do? They are, of course, one sailor in particular, Jay Coleman, Inge room man. He wants to belong to something, but he just cannot tolerate bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult for him. Like some of us. Yeah, because the Navy, this is an indictment. This, is, this also rang true with me reading that with my father mm-hmm. and this man, Richard McKenna. If you spend enough time in it, it 
Uh, but anyway, uh, also thought of non-military man, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Joyce. And the way he put the whole life in one day. So I put the whole life in the Minuteman in one day. Yeah. But using this, my pop story of the Navy and this man Richard McKenna's book. Mm-hmm. And that's how I made my first opera. Second opera about heavy sickness. Almost killed me. I really wanted to do about my cat. But then he died. <laughs> and that first opera was so sad already, so I didn't do it. I did it about the sickness, and I lived, and it had a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So now comes third opera, and this is with Tom and Ravel. But since October, I've been playing a lot with Second Man. Right. And I and like too. No. After third opera, I'll record with them next year. In that record, not an opera, but kind of like this Black Gang record, where that's not an opera, but it's about fall. Mm-hmm. It's a concept, but it ain't an opera. There's a difference. With Second Man, I want to make a record about work. <laughs> Why? D. Boom would love it. Mm hmm. Right. Squire. Nice. The Squire base. Yes, it is. <laughs> Korea. Korea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once a Squire base saved my life. I rented a mobile thing to record fire hose here in the valley in at Palomino. It's called Live Totem Pole. And the nut on my base, the nut's where the string, you know where the bridge is, on the other end of the neck. That's called the nut. And it broke. I got no base. Bob Weston from Volcano Sons let me use his beat, beat, squire. I had rented this mobile record. Save the day. You always get saved. Let's play more music.
from Pedro Show. Uh, that was Cloud of Synthetic Locusts by uh, Kunab Koo. Before that, we had The Fish Job 2. That's T-O-O-O. By Agnes Steck. And before that, we had Candlesea by Gina Diario and we started off the set with Study by Now so a lot of sisters there Miss B good (laughs) you like that? yeah okay it's the end of the second hour of the December 31st 2008 New Year special Watch from Pedro show very very happy New Year Yay. It just went off a while ago, and we heard firecrackers, not gunshots. <laughs> not like Pedro. All right, LaSalle Park. Ain't tight for our three.
December 31st, 2008. It's the third hour of the Lot from Pedro show. Actually, it's the 1st of January, 2009, because we just <laughs> had New Year's in. <laughs> That's right. Right, right. Now we're going to play something from San Francisco, a band called Carolina. And since I was here to do a Christmas show, this one's called Jingle Bells.
generation of culture and threads.
highest man. Each hair on the knuckle, examined for nefarious hues. Dazzling the eyes with jewelry, this is a negative clue. Some woman explained simply, sun bakey changing hairs. You can bake in the curl shape, nay, malicious to devil air. Turn the volume down there. 
Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, we just heard uh, Carolina with Jingle Bones. I had mistakenly called it Jingle Bells. Mm-hmm. It's not Jingle Bells. It's Jingle Bones. It's a good jam out of them. I remember the Minutemen playing with them. Yeah. And uh, now the cat I know from the old days that just got a hold of me again was named Grux. But there was another singer too. They had two singers. And one of these cats uh, rolled over and fired a dildo out of his ass. What? <laughs> <laughs> he said it clear across the stage and I was thinking. I wasn't just thinking. I asked E. Boone. I said, man, how do we follow that up? <laughs> you don't. <laughs> He was dressed like a beastie boy, too. You know, he wasn't... You would never suspect it. Mm. That's a trip. Now, Carolina is the name in the middle, or the beginning or the end, whatever. It's it's the consistent thing, because the, band, the name of the band's always changing. Hey, baby. Whoa, look at that. Smells, it's a leash. Maybe it's nails. It is nails. <laughs> hey, nails. You put it on speakers. How are you? Did you do your gig? Yeah, yeah. I played like 15 minutes because, of course, we were playing our duo thing right before midnight. So, whatever. 15 minutes and then Happy New Year. La, la, la. I wish I'd known that you were going to do your radio show at Peak South like a month ago. I never would have done this. I'd rather have been there. <laughs> you mean you wouldn't want to wait around all night for 15 minutes? Yeah, it's cool. It's all right. You know, um, Kevin was there. Kevin Fitzgerald was doing some DJing later, and Mitchell, Professor Cantaloupe, and Miss Cincinnati played. You know, my friends Jeremy and Jessica played on your gig. And uh, LA improvisers set with Stewart and Andrew Pask and Wayne Pete and all these like, Ezra Buchla, all these guys were. It was you know potentially wild. I really like New Year's Eve, so it's all kind of for me. It's always a bit weird and mildly depressing because you know after all we made up time, whatever, man. You know. But, <laughs> you know. Now, you know we played Thurston County. She and I were talking about wanting to be on your show like just a few days ago while we were in town. So when do you, when do, you do your next show? Next week. What day? Uh, what's a good day for her? I don't know. I mean, she's around. I'm around. You know, other than these Banyan gigs, I don't have that much going on. So Let's do it. You can do it from here okay. again. We could do it from Peaks Bad. We've got Peak program now. You know, we played Thurston County, but Peak got kind of in depth on her theories about coward. Oh no! <laughs> no! <laughs> so we're wondering what you think. It's a hypothesis. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've taken a vow of silence. So I did. What? She did. That's okay. 
No, she was thinking about silence, too. Okay. But, you know, the, t- the name of it is, is so deep that I can't really talk about it comfortably uh, in public. But it's something I've been thinking about for almost 30 years now. So I I been, the relevance has uh, not diminished in 30 years. So um, there's, there's, there's a little bit of humor there, and there's also a lot of truth. A lot of nakedness there. A lot of nakedness. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, she's got a she's got a sparse pad here, man. Sparse. Is it sparse? Is it sparse? <laughs> And she says it's only from the 60s. Oh, yeah, probably is. This area is from the 60s? What's a little bit 50s Shit, the way the floor is rattling shit. <laughs> I don't know. But, no, because the first money went to Pasadena, and I thought this was in between for, like, lawyers and doctors. Well, I would think it'd be 50s. I don't know. What do I know? I, mean, I was living in Carla's house, man. That, that house is from the early 30s. 30s, right? Yeah, and this place I live in now is really old. I'm not sure when, but I think it's 30s originally. It's like obviously a little Home Depot since then, but. Yeah, yeah, of uh, course. It's old. The garage is in this place, and it's, no, it's fucking old. But you're Glissell Park? I'm in uh, uh, Glendale now. Oh, you're in Glendale. Okay. I wish I wasn't in Glendale. That place you picked me up years ago when I met Pete. Yeah, 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 of course. Of course. Yeah. The the home of the fucking intense cops. Yep. Glendale cops, they suck. And actually, Carly got pulled over in Pasadena going to get Indian food today, and the t- cops detained her for 40 minutes. And... and pulled all this bullshit on and then let her go and she's got to take the cold Indian food back to her house where she was having Indian food with her old, our old roommate Bob and this guy that lives at the house Josh or I don't know and uh, yeah she's had a rough day <laughs> it's, <bad. laughs> it's terrible yeah well you know what it's like I guess you probably shouldn't actually get Indian food in Pasadena the day before the Rose Parade you know so that's, that's what happened. It was like mayhem. People camped out for the fucking Rose Parade. Bonfires, cops everywhere. You know, fucked up. So what'd you play for your 15 minutes tonight? A bunch of scronk with saxophone guitar. A bunch of, like, quiet stuff and loud stuff and freaky stuff. And then we played All Lang Syne. Good night, Irene. Good night, Irene. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Lead belly. <laughs> And uh, John Wall was there. John Wall. Yeah. John Wall and Kevin DJing. You know, John might work at Amoeba or something because, you know, Becca, my friend Becca, she got a job at Amoeba. So a lot of Amoeba people were there and and some friends of mine, you know, my little musician friends and some other folks that live there. There's like five people that live in that place. And um, it was cool. It was all right. If I didn't, you know, a young person that believes in the new year as being a whole big deal, then I might have been having a better time. And I also wish that I 
I would rather have just been like hanging out with you guys or watching a movie with Carla or something. It would have been more my speed. I hear you're going to the inauguration. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's happening exactly, but uh, yeah, Wilco's uh, doing something in Washington, D.C. then, and my friend David Breskin might have a ticket for me. So I am going. That's going to be fucking insane. Talk about security. Might be calls too. Yeah, we'll brisk. <laughs> but I'll be in Chicago all of February, late January to February, so I'll be experiencing a brisk Christmas. <laughs> now, did you get them MP3s from Mr. Shimmy? Yeah, man, I think they sound great. I think basically everything sounds really good. I have virtually nothing to say about anything. Right? Yeah, yeah, now those are rough things, but... Well, they're rough, but they sound great. I don't have anything good to listen to computer shit on, but I put it on my little stupid iPal, and everything sounds pretty fucking good to me. And I wrote it as much. I told it as much. Nice stuff. Right, but you want a new title for Diamond Queen. We gotta wait for some poetry on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was told it was coming. Yeah, well, I think this stuff is really cool a lot. I really do. It was a great experience. Yeah, what are your impressions of Japan? Well, you know, I wasn't there very much. I was only in the biggest city, but, but uh, man, I was more than ready. But you were in a little part of it, Shimo Takaido. Well, I was checking out so much of, of what they've been doing there for so long that in a way I felt completely prepared and felt totally normal for me to be there. That was what was really interesting. And then the rest of it was just like, well, man, my mind is fucking blown. I'm in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Good music. Shimmy and Yuko totally rule. Um, all those kids and the, 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 those fans and those fans and everybody it was just sweet ciao great oh man oh off the scale that was that was uh, well like I said I've been reading that book about Italian cuisine and all this New York bullshit and all this revolting neat stuff and, and all this kind of you know the layers and, and uh, uh, you know what do you want to say kind of fanciful, you know, and then just to go and have that direct, really, like, direct kind of much more cut-to-the-chase kind of cuisine where everything is a little more unfettered and, um, God, everything I ate was great. Uh, everything. Now, uh, the day after you left, I got to go to Sento, uh, which is a public bath. So you kind of missed out on that experience. Alan McGinnis and, and, and Jim Black were telling me to go to that. How was that? That was great. Well, one thing tripped me out was the sauna. It was very hot, but there was like a eight-foot television in there. No. <laughs> Not happening. You don't want that shit blasting commercials. <laughs> and people are rapping and shit. So that was the only weak thing, was the TV and the sauna. And a big-ass one that was loud. Big, hot TV. 
<laughs> right in the bulkhead. I sat up front to be by the heater, and that motherfucker was blasting on me. So what about the Fender that oh, the Jazzmaster Fender supplied you with? Oops. <laughs> Just got it back to Mr. Kenji. He's into it. I guess I handed it back to them broke, and I mean, I, I, I don't know if they're going to check it or what's going to happen to that guitar, but it needs to be fixed. <laughs> He's a little bit lower. It's a little fucked up. <laughs> it was okay. And, uh, Oh, yeah, you were great on that Firebird. You know what? I got a copy of the gig, so I got to flow that to you. Oh, God. I'm all the songs. You did great on Maggot Brain. You did great on all of it. Maggot Brain, man, I'll tell you what. By the time we got the Maggot Brain, the strings on that guitar were, like, flat on the neck. It was, like, <laughs> just over. That's why I just started bashing it into the amplifier. It was like, oh, shit, man. History. No, you did great, man. And uh, I'll make you a CD of this thing because Uro-san sent it to me and it's the whole gig. It ain't the best mix and shit. It was just right off the thing. But man, for coming off the plane and then just jamming on it, <laughs> big respect. Yeah, I know you were psyched. It was righteous. Day with Mr. Shimmy changing strings together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he loves you, man. I understood that whole bit he has with these little chunks of wood. That's some of the <laughs> wackiest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Why? He says it's all about symmetry. Uh, he's a wild man. Yeah. Yeah, he, I think he learns more our language. We'll know how wild he is. Uh-huh. He played on New Year's with a buddy of his. But I, I got the other uh, mixes for you, and I'll flow them when I get back home. Okay. Thanks so much for coming on and talking with us here. And uh, I'll continue on and talk with Peak about Japan. Love you, Nels. That was Nels. Nels. Yeah, was that bad? Or what? Yeah, doesn't mean... Oh, I don't... Come on. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it's... It's what? I mean, democracy is insane system, actually. But they had a Prince Sarah, you know? Oh, yeah. Nixon bombed them. <laughs> Such a heavy... Nixon... Yeah, can you imagine? They just really Thailand, Thailand in the middle of all this for so long. Yeah. They just switch side, whoever is winning the, with them. They're <laughs> 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 like, oh, we want that. <laughs> Allies. <laughs> kind of. Never communist. Cause, no, because that's when, what happened when Japanese came in, you know. That was World War II, they're like, oh, yeah, we went to Japan. Yeah, yeah. But then the U.S. was winning, so we Yeah, <laughs> after the war, was there heavy things about that after? No. No? Well, it's a little bit because like, when the Japan switched U.S. Yeah. alliance, there was like a sparse, uh, uh, the, um, 
um, the resources of Lucas Sparse, and that's my parents' generation. This is not that long ago. No. You know? So I, I actually lived through a little bit of effect of that, only because, only because they, my parents, didn't have anything, you know, for a certain period of time when they were younger. So we had to go, we we grew up or uh, we grew up having to save everything and just just treasure everything. Yeah, of course. Like every meals and just, just crazy like saving. Picano. Yeah, it's totally Picano. But you know, and uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, I, I don't know. Still, now still know. you know. They relaxed their visas a few years ago. They always have. Okay, and they thought all these U.S. people were going to come. Yeah. You can just show up and say that once. Yeah, but it was funny. When they when they looked at the numbers... Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a little different. Okay, you hear that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know. <laughs> but number one was China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, right. Number two was South Korea. Yeah. And number three was Thailand. U.S. is way behind, uh, way back four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because before that they had the visa and they thought, whoa, the U.S. monies will come in if we just we no visas, you just come in. Mm-hmm. And it was other Asia peoples. Mm-hmm. Because and there was a story. Then India, too. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. really discount it. No, I'm talking yeah. about when they relax, Japan relaxed the visas. I, I don't know. This was a story in the. They, they have a paper that's written in English, obviously for Gaijin. And they were talking about this, and it really blew their minds. Because they thought Asia would be the last people. What, what I'm saying is that like the economy of the world shifted so much. To China. Yeah. China is actually one of the main tourists that come into the U.S. now. No, but no. I mean, and there. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. What they were, the, what they were saying was those <laughs> tourists that go over there look at that land yeah. as kind of a model. Yeah. Yeah, these guys made it. You know, U.S. number one economy, mm-hmm. Japan two, Germany three. Why are the two and three yeah. the four? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I have some opinions about this. I think these were, uh, U.S. was worried about them going communist. Mm. Whether it was true or not, Whatever. Also, these people, maybe they share weird things. <laughs> I don't know. What are you talking about? I think all people share it. I don't, I, you know what? I have no ideas about this, this kind of thing. But I did, I did like the idea. Next year, you should, you should make I did like the idea of Japan getting rid of that visa yeah. and not finding out U.S. was number one. Yeah. That other Asia cats came over. You should make a point. After all that hell, especially China, especially Korea, all that hell they pounded on them. Mm-hmm. And then they still wanted to come. Mm-hmm. And tore factories and shit. Can you imagine? <laughs> this is how they do it. Mm-hmm. This is how they do it. 
And you should make a point to go to Thailand next year. Oh, I want to play there. I will try to find you a gig, yeah. Thailand! It's ready. Yeah, and I think when U.S. people think of Thailand, it's... We're going to relax. <laughs> we're going to relax. Well, yeah, actually. <laughs> it's hard for me to be motivated. In fact, that's what I'm trying to get rid of is the Thai in me. It's like I'm always too relaxed. Like, oh, no, you talk to that people. You talk to... <laughs> they talk about China people. Yeah. What's China that? people, heavy. Yeah. yeah. Well, intense, yeah, because time is money. That's intense. Yeah. So my, my mom's side is Chinese. Yeah, so China people are... So yeah, I, I grew up watching... You know, everybody's all fucked up with their, uh, I think, ideas of people. <laughs> no, the best way is for the other peoples to meet the other peoples. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, instead of having ideas of them, oh, yeah, totally. you just meet them. I mean, the, I, that's, that's, Isn't this a big problem? That's humans' problem in general. Yeah. The idea, they, they act, reacting on the idea of things instead of just going ahead and, and, meet them. and meeting it. <laughs> and then their selves. Mm-hmm. Why is it always about them presenting themselves? Mm-hmm. Like you come down off a cloud. Yeah. But that's also kind of Western thing, looking into non-Western. Yeah. yeah. What's that about? <laughs> well, because of colonialism and, and yeah. you know, yeah. this whole dominating planet for so many centuries. Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> it's just... Humans, I guess. Yeah, what's that about? You know, it really screws with me. Uh, But then, you know, Genghis Khan did a thing. (laughs) Yeah, what about that? (laughs) Ottoman Empire. Yeah, what about that? So it's just a matter of people taking turns. Taking turns. Yeah. And they have very short-term memory. Mm Mm-hmm. They have no memory. That's because people have to be concerned about the like moment. immediate needs. A moment. Um, yeah. Like your mom and pop. What about them? That heavy shit after the war. Oh, just mom. Yeah, I don't know anything about my dad. Yep, the heavy shit. Yeah. Save everything. Yeah. And they also have unrelatedly lost their house in a fire. So. And my. my they have ten kids. So. Yeah. On that one side, you know, just, um, but, but yeah, they're good people, though. Oh, of course, I'm, I'm of course. I'm the bad one. You realize that, right? Ten people. No, ten of my, my mom's sons. Yeah. Eighteen of the cousins. That's <laughs> intense. Yeah. It, it, it's, I don't know, it's okay. <laughs> No, no, it is what it is. Yeah. <coughs> um, too many, I know. Do you think about their lives? I do. Yeah. That's because I think about what they think of me. And then in turn, I think about what they are and what I am. And what's weird is that... Do they want to visit you? No. <laughs> no way? They want me to go visit them because, you know, they can only get small doses of my craziness. 
they can't. They have no California idea. They can't come. Well, I have one that just had twins. Yeah. A few days. One. A cousin. No, it's just a couple miles away. Yeah. But. Just one. I grew up with him. So he's like my brother. Um, but some from back there who want to come visit. Well, I have, I have a set of family in Chicago. Um, some in Sacramento. I don't see those. Um, but but no, because I had never been a stable person for them to rely on. <laughs> because when they come to visit, they want to hang. Okay, you maybe. Know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, maybe they have SoCal idea. They have idea. no trust in me being able to host them whatsoever. So, oh, you have to so host them. I'm like this child forever, you know. So they, they, they don't trust it, that I can have anything to offer. <laughs> Besides, I don't want to meet my crazy non-Thai friends. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, it's a weird thing. But if you had a house, if you had Thai house set up, it would uh, be nice. No, if I was more in touch and tell them exactly how I live and all that stuff. No, but if you did yeah. set up a Thai house, Thai situation, yeah. come you to know, Southern California. But you know that I had dinner here. Yeah. My uncle moved here and his wife. Wow. And um, I made dinner. And you know the first thing they did? Right. They t- took a picture of the dinner and sent it to Thailand right then and there and said, Oh my God, she Here's made her food. Yeah. <laughs> I made food at and all. You're not a cook. But then they ate it and they're like, This is not spicy. <laughs> and then I, was, I went down to It was calm? It was just calm. big chicken and there's no Thai spices though or something. I'm not even going to try to cook Thai food. Come on. Did you take them to Thai town? That's too expensive because they're Econo, <laughs> right? <laughs> so everything... They I live here now? now? They do, yeah. Wow. Uh, they like? Oh, they used to live here 30 years ago. 30, 40 years ago. So they just came back. Oh wow! So that's that's how my cousin was born in New York, and I was born here, because uh, some of them used to live here. They're some of the first generation Thais actually that came over here for work. Back then, they were actually needing more. Work. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but how was their adventure? Hmm. How was theirs? It was hard. I heard. No, but now how is their adventure? Now they're in the seventies hanging out by the Thai temple you know it's just yeah a lot of people wonder why somebody would move into a foreign country just to be like within the Thai community or whatever you know you know well for the work yeah but this is for they're just hanging out <laughs> uh, I don't know I, calmer weather um, <laughs> they, they just want to be closer to their son I think um, yeah. And it's weird. It is another whole, you know, Thai weirdness. But it, it, it's becoming a thing in the past. Anyways, it's, I think my family is kind of old-fashioned. So we're a little bit behind what's going on Slow. now. A little bit, yeah. Um, but my cousin, for the first time now, is learning to, like, be resentful of his parents. Because now, Ooh. since they moved here, they want him to do what they want him to do and he's been here for 20 something years totally functional adult right and now he's being told to wash dishes and don't leave the dishes there and you know leave the house this time come back at this time he just 
had it. And, wow. and then he was he blew his tops when he named his sons, uh, Jade and Aiden, the twins. And his mother just went nuts saying like, those are not Thai names. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was just like, this is it. Off. <laughs> Step back. <laughs> and it's just little things like that. It's just no, like, but they're big things, maybe. It, it makes me laugh because I have detached myself from this kind of criticism for 20-something years yeah. now. And my cousin is just going through it at you know, 30-something here. And he actually now aligns with me because now <laughs> he's like seeking comfort yeah, yeah, yeah. in the detachment. But I, it, the situations were different, so yeah. of course. So, but, you know, I, I now came into a full circle where I now am able to recognize where his parents are coming from because, you know, the elder adults and the cross-cultural situation and the fact that they don't want to feel irrelevant in their son's life which haven't been so close for so long you know yeah. it's all so I kind of like being a di- diplomat for him in that sense so but but it just still makes me laugh <laughs> um, well probably in the old land they'd be moving in with him. oh totally totally <laughs> that's what I kind of expect in my case even though I, I have no like I don't I'm not I, I don't talk to my mother but somehow I feel like there will have to be help because there's no way you can have a child without grandparents. Right, it's, right. There's no way. Or at least friends or somebody there, nanny. Uh, not nanny, but somebody closer than nanny. Nanny seems so detached to me. Right. Somebody who actually would take the child and treat like their own. Yeah. It's a community of people. But that's how I grew up. That's how my cousin grew up. It's just a ton of people always looking after us. And now to be separate from them, yeah. the U.S. style. Yeah. So and two, he has two kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I watched him. It's just it's it's crazy, but but then again, you know, life. It's not it's not all you always plan for. It's not no. you never can have like everything go perfectly as you expected. At the exactly time you were. No, you didn't pick how you're born either. Right. That's kind of my ammo always. Right. It's like I didn't pick that. I didn't pick this. <laughs> you know. When the big question is what is to be done? Well, yeah. But and of course people have cultural uh, yeah it's weird it, yeah, it was weird it's like I, I picked up a lot of western when my pop found out about punk rock man it was yeah. very heavy. well I still can't explain to people in Thailand what punk rock is yeah. my I pop I, I can't but then the other day you know he could relate to it when I sent him the postcards and he mm. said you were like sailor you're working the towns yeah yeah it's hard for him to see eye to eye on the particulars, but I think in the big picture, and it's all about kind of letting go and trusting. Mm-hmm. And they, these young people got to be their own people. But that, yeah, but but that's I think the, the, they got to be their own people. There's a slow shift, I think. I know with, it is with the older people. But even an older person would say to himself. I made a lot of mistakes. I want them to have it a little better than me. Sure, sure. Yeah. 
And that's why I you want know, to tell them. I don't want them worse. Yeah, yeah, you want to protect them in a way. But in a way, you want them to be their own person because you could only get so far. And maybe they get beyond her. Maybe. Or but then whatever beyond it means. And, and, and in general, you know, older people have trials and errors. And they feel like there's a lot of things they have gone through. Oh, yeah. It's valuable. No, it's just true. And so they, they want... They see it in the younger generation not recognizing it and also certain values that has shifted yeah. but the older people are not letting go yeah. and that's I I feel that way I feel that way in my old age I'm <laughs> looking at young people I'm like you don't even know what good is <laughs> the young people <laughs> young people like in the warp tour remember that <laughs> Well, look, we're at the end of the gig. Well, we're at the end of the show. Well, can I tell you? Um, Thank you so much, Ms. Peek, for being aboard and sharing uh, with us. Quickly, my new website thing with all the photos yeah, from the year right. is blog.peakness.com. So, but there's also peakness.com. Yeah, that's portfolios. Fuck that. But this there's probably a link there to... I should, but that's later. But, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give me now. But, okay, peakness.com, I'll put yeah. the link in there. Now, P-E-A-K-N-E-S-S dot C-O-M. Yes. Please. Lots of Watts picture puking me amount. And it's been the one hour in the new year. It's 2009. Yeah. Okay, but we start on uh, December 31st, 2008. Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.